Hello, and welcome to the OT Podcast Club podcast. Before this group, we listened to the 100th episode of OT for Life. The good, the bad, and like, um, you know, the ugly. In which Sarah Putt and Brock Cook, two legends of the OT podcasting world, discuss things they've learned in their first 100 episodes. These are edited highlights of our chat inspired by their episode. I just thought it was a really nice episode. It was that kind of, just it was their journey, wasn't it? And, you know, the things that they'd been through and what had changed for them. It was it was just like listening in to somebody's conversation, like, you know, in a, in a restaurant or something, wasn't it? And reminiscing. It's funny how familiar they are, isn't it? I know I've said before things like, oh, Sarah said, blah, 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 blah. Then I remember, Sarah's the podcast. Put it into context, Anna. <laughs> I think they almost talked about that bit as well, they did didn't talk they? About, that, about yeah. um, how that's almost part of the strangeness of it—that you're beaming into people's homes and into their ears, and they can feel like they know you, but actually they don't. And some of the joys of that, and some of the challenges of that—it's not something you really think of, is it? That um, you know, we we know a lot about them from listening to what they say, but actually, it's only one side, isn't it? Mm, and they don't know anything yeah. about us. No. <laughs> it was really interesting to hear their journeys, didn't it? And how, how they first started and how they developed it. Because that was fascinating. And wasn't something I'd really thought about and all the technology that goes along with it. You know, you just sit there and enjoy it and you forget about all the hours and hours that they must spend. But I also think there's something of a difference between when you first start out or doing something as an amateur and when you've invested a lot of time and you've grown the skills and you're doing something with more professionality that it's almost like you know when you go to a restaurant and there's some people if you work in the industry you critique it to a completely different level to if you're just rocking up because you're going out for a nice meal out I suspect there's something of that nature of difference that plays into the thought processes behind it as to how much attention you pay to the sound and like for them to be able to notice the difference in their own sound that shows they've got a more attuned ear Mm. that's true yeah knowing which microphone sounds more like your own natural voice (laughs) I wouldn't have a clue I've no idea what my natural voice sounds like (laughs) whenever (laughs) I've heard myself on anything recorded it sounded awful yeah I always think I sound horrendous (laughs) But I guess that's their craft, isn't it? And you're going to take pleasure in it. And that's part of the joy of it is the editing and everything else and those sorts of things for them. It's not just the actual discussions, is it? It's the whole thing. Mm, You've got to be quite passionate about it, haven't you? And that's what they were saying about making sure that the the topics that they were discussing as well were things that were interesting to them. Because if you're going to put all that effort in, it's got to be something that you want to invest in. It's like choosing your dissertation topic, isn't it? If you're going to put all that time into it, you need to have something yeah. that you're interested in. Because if not, it comes across and it's just slightly soul-destroying to sink that much time into something that you're not getting anything back from as a person. Yeah. It was interesting that Sarah said she'd, like the first ones that she'd done, she'd recorded them all and done them all and then not done anything. Marked them. Yeah. That for me was one of the bits I got the most from realizing it as a journey but also seeing their professional friendship and how much they'd supported each other through that process or prompted each other to 
go on, do it. Um, just recognising that that's what happens in journeys, that there are people who walk it alongside you and make a difference. And I really liked that theme that they wove through it. Yeah, and they said there was like a wider circle, didn't they, of of people that they could ask questions of and, and that kind of thing, sort of like a working group type thing, I guess. That almost made them feel human, didn't it, that they actually have a Facebook group so they can have a chat about things. It's like peer support in, our, in any journey. It's always useful and valuable. And it's like the external face of something and the behind the scenes face of something. Mm. Yeah, or even like the office versus the ward. It, you know, you, you can present yourself quite differently on both. When you're on the ward, you really need to look like you at least mostly know what you're doing. Whereas when you're in the office, you can be a bit more, you know, ask a few more questions and things. And I, and I guess it's all about the learning. Part of the journey is learning from each other, isn't it? And learning from experience and those sorts of things. And just talking to each other about what you're using and things is all part of that learning process, isn't it? But I think it's also about how their journey with their interview skills and all those their conversation skills have developed over the time as well. It's quite interesting to listen to and think about. They're very slick, aren't they? And when even talking to each other, it felt very slick until you heard the edits at the end <laughs> and how they plotted it all. <laughs> but you brain. think of that. Yeah, you wouldn't think of that from the way they edit it and everything else. It felt very like just one conversation that you were sitting in the living room earwigging. And the commitment to sharing as well. I think that was one of the other things I got from it, that unless they've actually done the talking in the first place, there's nothing to edit or to craft together in a nice way that is actually something of the actual doing of it, isn't there? Like you could plan it till the cows came home, or but if, unless you've actually done it, there's nothing there. So I just liked that that commitment to being in the process and to opening your mouth and being prepared to share your thoughts and with the wider world as well as the person that you were literally speaking to at that moment. I like that how Brock acknowledged it as a learning process for him and how things aren't always going to be right because he's still in that process and he's in that learning. I like that. Mm. And yeah, and to like with the content as well, like not just in terms of the, the process and the tech mm-hmm. and stuff, just the that openness to being like, well, I don't have to be the perfect finished example of everything. They're modelling the learning within the episodes and within their questions and within what they're willing to sort of share with the world Mm. that was on my notebook definitely (laughs) yeah that curiosity and just interest that they showed and it's quite evident wasn't it and passion Mm -hmm. just even them talking about how they go through the process they wouldn't talk to somebody but it wasn't a topic that was one that they felt they could learn from Mm, I think they said that as well didn't they about you know as when they first started there weren't very many podcasts you know for OT and then it sort of grew and then there were a number of them that kind of only ever did a few episodes and then sort of didn't do any more and I think that that comes under the the areas that you've picked and the passion that you've got for it. And the reason for doing it isn't it and I guess what they were saying is some of them are students who are doing it a part of their academia but aren't interested in the process and things and they're doing it purely because it's a passion and a way of explore. I mean, what a great way to meet different people and to explore different topics on a weekly basis. It's incredible. And a lot of dedication to do that. Yeah. 
mounds of dedication. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of hours in that, isn't there, behind each one? And you don't really think of that when you just sit and listen while you're driving home. But I think we've had a, we've had a journey as well, didn't we? Because we don't really know how this is going to work. And every time we have a, a topic, it, it flows differently, doesn't it? And you've got, you know, five people, six people, 10 people, 15 people. It, that makes it so much harder. It does. I think it also, I think it's always had like a really different flavour, everyone. And it is influenced by all those different aspects. Oh, and, and the topic as well, isn't it? Obviously, that's going to have a mm. knock-on effect because sometimes we go off on complete tangents, don't we, as well? No, never. We are totally analytical and focused. <laughs> okay. But not all the podcasts aren't always totally analytical or focused, are they? Like, particularly Brock's mm. is very, very narrative and it just meanders. It's conversational. And he's talked about that as a being an intentional thing, that he wanted a long podcast. But I just think there's different there's different focuses or different strengths in every model. Mm. And I think you see the thought process, don't you, sometimes with the different styles? One of the things that like, I feel a bit mean coming to the realisation of, but, you know, they were talking about not wanting too much chit chat around the topic that, and that's how they got into that conversation about he does kind of wander around and stuff and it made me realize that I'm really bored of how did you get into OT stories and and it feels really mean but there are so many now that I've listened to that start with so tell me how you got into OT as the starter and I'm like I don't care I've kind of heard most of the ways now. I don't, it doesn't have much relevance. And there are some that it does have relevance. And then I mind it a lot less when you can see the point of it. But just as a general introduction, I'm really bored of it. And yet it is actually very common on lots of the podcasts, isn't it? Not just Brock or Sarah's. I'm thinking, I'm sure like OT and Chill does that at the start of their podcast as well. Yeah, I think most of them do. I think actually Brock and Sarah maybe do it less, but um, most of them do. <laughs> do you think like... that's for the benefit of the person being interviewed, though, because it's a really easy first question to relax them? In any one interview, it probably feels like a good starting point, doesn't it? Like in, if you think about any initial interview you've done, starting with, so tell me how you got here is is a good starting point it's just that there aren't that many different ways of finding OT and see and I'm getting horribly cynical (laughs) but I suppose what it does do is put things into context and often it's about how did we meet isn't it It was one of the other questions that Brooke talks about a lot doesn't he He does the well we met at such and puts lays the foundation work as to why he became interested in this topic or wanted that person to speak and I guess, as Kate says, actually, it's it's the difference between it on that individual moment where it makes sense in that conversation, which is like that snapshot in time, as opposed to the longitudinal view of almost every podcast might start with the same style and the same sense of story. And there must be some limitations to how interesting that could be over time. I think Sarah's enthusiasm for all things podcast is amazing, though. Like that really comes across and her sort of advocacy for it and wanting it to, you know, get out there and be used by people and be seen. And I think that's lovely. 
Yeah, she's very, very humble. Warm. She's very humble as well, though, isn't she, about herself and her journey? And mm-hmm. Can you imagine, like, that being your solution to being not very confident at public speaking? <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> it's certainly exposure. But then I guess what she did was she did it for herself to begin with, didn't she? She did that interviewing and stuff and then didn't take it any further. And it was later that she built on that confidence and then moved it to the next part. I don't know whether she would have managed to broadcast the very first one two days later. That's part of the journey as well, isn't it? Is it took time to sort of do that and listening to yourself and critiquing yourself before she moved on to the public arena. All about the journey. Lots of things are all about the journey, aren't they? Because I think it's about what you learn in the process that they talked about a lot and about who you have alongside you in the process that supports it that also came across to me. I think you're right, Kate. I think their enthusiasm and their love of it really shines across. And I think, like, if you were just to think about OT podcasts, you'd put them as seminal people, wouldn't you, in terms of what they've contributed to that world and how they've shaped it and supported it and mentored it and all credit for that because, like, we've all gained the benefit from that. Yeah, I think that, that keeps it alive as well, doesn't it? it, it it's the same in, in some ways to sort of, like, the Twitter, you know, the O talks and, and those kinds of things. It if, if you get kind of a bit lost maybe in your day-to-day stuff, if you listen to an OT podcast or you join in with O-Talk or you do something like this, it helps you regain that OT focus and it makes you feel like you belong again. So their their passion rubs off on you and it helps you to feel better about what you're doing and, and more enthusiastic for what you're doing. Well, Sarah, Sarah very much said that, didn't she? She actually talked about some people going contacting her and saying, you know, I was thinking about leaving and you just brought me back to my roots and back to what poor mm. stuff was. And I think that's very powerful, isn't it? And wow, what a thing to be able to do just by having a chat with somebody and what that could mean and the repercussions for everybody who listens to those podcasts. I thought it was kind of lovely that it hadn't really even occurred to them that that might happen. That... No. Or that anybody would actually listen. Yeah. <laughs> You know, to have a to have a, a chart of who listens to how many and how many people were listening just seemed to be so alien to them, didn't it? Even even after a hundred podcasts, I think one thing that came out for me for listening to that podcast was actually how um, down to earth they both sounded, and that it was great to hear people who use technology all the time that they have errors and make mistakes because we just had a Microsoft Teams day of everything going wrong and it was just so nice to hear somebody else going yeah the sound was rubbish and this was rubbish and that was rubbish and it kind of went oh yeah happens to the best of us yeah or, or I forgot to press record on a device <laughs> yeah oh can you imagine that must have been so heartbreaking you would cry wouldn't you yeah, but they carried on. They did. They mm. still carried on. I think I'd have given up and go, right, I'm not doing that, putting myself through that again. Yeah, because that was Sarah's first one, wasn't it? She said, that would have that would have stopped me. <laughs> Absolutely. It was one of her first if it wasn't the first. Yeah. And it wouldn't be the same second time round yeah. either. Do you think it's like when you write notes and you write really good notes and the computer crashes and then you have to write ah. the same notes again and they're absolutely just rubbish? rubbish. Yeah. 
Although I'm thinking it'd be difficult to remember exactly how it had been, wouldn't it? So I'm thinking it must be a little bit like how you think something would have gone when you're planning it in your head at three in the morning and then how it actually comes out when you actually do it. There's something about our memories. I wonder whether it distorts it or it's just different. There is like nothing's ever quite the same the second time round or the third time round. But you might take it to a different place, I guess, might you? It won't be the same conversation, but I guess it starts with a conversation to begin with that they pick these people to interview and talk to because they've heard something or spoken mm-hmm. to them. And I know Brock talked about repeating conversations he'd had because he felt it was important to do a podcast about it. And, you know, he may have then reflected more and asked questions and delved deeper the second time than he did, would have done the first time. I mean, I guess that's how part of what the process is, isn't it? must be really hard though not to just go as we said last time (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then you've got to edit all of those out (laughs) but it'd be very easy to make assumptions that you know that was part of this conversation and not the last conversation yeah especially if it's somebody that you know quite well and you've had quite a lot of professional discussions with Mm -hmm. prior to the podcast you then go in at a different point don't you and if you're not careful you'll lose your audience because you've glossed over too many things and assumed too much and and people won't know quite what you're talking about but I guess that goes back down to those foundation stones isn't it because that gets you into that zone of what you're doing and how you're doing it and building those layers and if you interview like I did qualitative interviews for my MSc dissertation but it was with like people I knew and they knew me and that still had some of that same bit that you you still had to say it there and then at that moment into that interview for it to be recorded for it to be captured in the data Mm -hmm. didn't matter if they knew it if I knew it we both knew that we both knew it unless it was said actually it wasn't captured and I think there's that aspect that's actually all about that skill of the interviewer and the person in the podcast knowing that you just have to say it even if you've said it before it's been Mm. interesting to think about that Mm. because that must be true between them because Mm. they you know they're obviously such good friends and and it does come across like a chat between friends but it must be a chat that they've covered most of that before and they sort of know it already Mm -hmm. but they sort of know how much of that to then say explicitly again or yeah it is interesting because it didn't sound at all stale or forced or rehearsed or anything like that did it it sounded engaging and you just went along with it and got took on the journey I got the impression that they probably had a rough idea of what what they were going to talk about but I think some of the questions you could hear them thinking about the answer So it didn't feel like they already knew what to expect. Mm, Because otherwise it becomes too scripted, doesn't it? And then it doesn't sound right at all. You know, things like when they watch your, what's your favourite podcast to do and things, you felt them having to think about it and and work through it and things. I think Sarah looked at her top 10 while she was recording it as well, didn't she? She did, yeah. She commented on that. Yeah, it was interesting that they were all different as well. There was no real theme to which ones had been popular. Mm-hmm. It was just whatever had taken people's attention. So there's no sort of, you know, line to, if, if new podcasters say we're looking at 
which ones have been popular for other people there's no like guaranteed set line well this is a really popular topic or this style's the best it was it was all varied wasn't it and that's quite nice because otherwise you think it would become quite formulaic wouldn't it and like for us as listeners then it would just be repetitive whereas I think there's something of the huge variety of topic content and styles and ways that it's done that makes it engaging because it's variety is nice but also the fact that she had to look it up because that's not what's important to her Mm -hmm. you know that that she's recording what she's interested in and what she wants to talk about and find out about and learn about and that's going to keep changing and it's not a sort of oh I've got to get more hits I've got to get more likes I've got to get more listens it's you know there's such an integrity there mm. it's the same with Brock's sort of no adverts and things he, w- he wasn't interested at all in that he's not that's mm-hmm. not why he does it he does it because he's interested in what they're talking about and he wants to do a podcast he's not bothered about selling the advertising to make the money from it it takes it to a different level when that happens, doesn't it? No. I'm I really dislike podcasts with adverts, and I kind of appreciate that it sort of has to happen because, like for for the bigger ones, because that's actually a job and they're making money from it, and I'm just getting it for free. But they all do them like the actual host does a little sort of oh I really liked this butter that I had this morning and it's really nice. And I find that so disingenuous. I'd much rather they just went, yeah, I'm sponsored by this butter. Go buy this butter. It's good. Or did an actual advert, you know, had an actual advert. I I just, I find it a bit annoying. It's a bit distracting from the topic, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, I'm used to listening, you know, I listen to commercial radio that has adverts on it. They don't really, but some of them are quite good. You know, they've got, Jingle. jingles and, yeah <laughs> um, I think it's more to do with the fact that they're taking what is one of the nice things about podcasts in that sense of that they feel closer to you and they're using that for advertising and I, I, it sits less well yeah I think for me as well if, if you feel like you don't really believe them when they're doing mm. the advert it it just puts you on edge for the rest of it. Do, do are they? Is that genuinely what they think, or do they think that's what they ought to say? Mm. It, it's a funny. It, it just sets you off slightly on the wrong tack, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, because the ones the ones that I've noticed it in are probably um, "Happy Place" by Fern Cotton, and she's talking about knickers. This series, she's sponsored by a knickers company. <laughs> And it's like, I really love these cotton knickers. I'm wearing this pair today. So I really, I don't. Uh, Never really. believe a word of it, you? <laughs> and, um, and the Elizabeth Day one is an amazing yeah. podcast, but I don't think my hair needs more. Um, what is it? It's, it's not nutrition. Whatever water version of nutrition is. Hydration. Hydration. Yeah. So she's advertising something that, you know, we've all needed more hydration in our hair this lockdown. It's like, no, stop it. Don't. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't know I felt that strongly about it. (laughs) I always like that you feel strongly about things, Kate, because it always makes me go, 
man, these things just go over my head. I clearly don't pay any attention. I haven't listened to Fern Cotton, but I've listened to quite a few from Elizabeth Day's How to Fail pod. And the adverts don't really rile me, but I don't really listen to them. And if I do, they just make me think they're irrelevant to me because, like, why would I give, like, these things aren't available to me or I don't care about them or... But we all need more hydration in our hair. <laughs> well, I suspect mine actually does, but never mind. And good knickers. We all need good knickers. You never know if you're going to get run over, as my mum would say. Exactly. Exactly. That's how I was brought up. No one's going to say your hair's not hydrated. <laughs> Can't really comment. I'm sitting here in my pyjamas. I have no standards whatsoever. <laughs> I'm in my pyjamas too. It's fine. And didn't did Sarah on the opposite end of it? Did didn't Sarah say something about uh, she does one where she's talking to somebody, and then the one after that she'll do more on her own and mm-hmm. reflect on the things that she's learnt from the previous one. Mm. That that's quite interesting. I like that. Yeah, that is. I liked that. I liked I liked almost the the rhythmness of finding a pattern of how to make it work. Um, and almost felt like it had a clean focus that one's a conversation, one's a reflection, one's a conversation, one's a reflection. Felt like it would have just reduced that amount of thought that was required in terms of the planning of how many things you need for each set. And and interesting for the, the listener as well, because you may have similar reflections and then it's almost like that kind of we obviously discuss our reflections and we talk about the podcast that we've listened to but actually that offers you an opportunity to do that from a distance doesn't it oh I thought that as well and oh she's reflected on the same thing as me yeah that would be quite interesting I'm just thinking like we started this because I would like listen to a podcast and go I want someone to talk to about it so I need some friends um (laughs) but (laughs) but I'm just wondering if like I don't tend to then reflect after our podcast club I just wonder how interesting that might be in my thoughts or yeah. even to listen to one of Sarah's reflections as opposed to one of the conversations because we're inclined yeah. to listen to conversations aren't we rather than the pure reflection ones it would be interesting to do both wouldn't it to mm. have listened to the one that was a conversation and then to listen to the reflection but to have done your own reflection first I think that would be mm-hmm. we have high speed rapid fire podcast club listen to the podcast Monday podcast club Tuesday listen to the reflection podcast Wednesday second podcast club Thursday well I'm okay with that Kate <laughs> have fun <laughs> sleep for a month <laughs> But yeah, no, I did listen to quite a lot of the beginning bit thinking, oh my God, none of the others are going to be interested in this because this is a bit techie, geeky stuff. But I was. Well, I was interested because I never, I didn't even think about it, the fact that microphones have different qualities and it just, you know, I just listened to the podcast. I wasn't thinking about how they did it. And that was actually quite fascinating for me to think about all that technology and all that work and all that money that they were spending and um, sitting under the duvet to make this more soundproof, just you know made me smile 
And I think it just added to the respect value of how much effort has gone in. So like that respect and appreciation aspect of, oh, thank you for doing that. It is nice. As an end service bit where I'm just the recipient, that's good. And just and you don't think about how long it takes to edit something, do you? And and how laborious it can be if you don't know the tricks of the trade or don't have the equipment to do it. I like that as having set out to do one thing and not realise what it would ripple into as well. Uh, mm. Set out to have a conversation about OT, not realised how much they would enjoy the process and build on the process as well. Mm. Oh, at the risk of bringing in OT theory, I have suddenly thought about, I think there was like a real theme in it of doing, being, becoming and belonging, that, that you could see the doing and you could see the like just being in the process as part of why they'd wanted to do it was what they'd gain in themselves and often they are quite reflective spaces aren't they or reflective conversations but there was that whole sense of what they grew in themselves and the community it made them become a part of and the networks with connections with people that they made in the process of that which is just really nice it then keeps going with our belonging because you know yeah mm. yeah thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed our chat for our next group we listened to episode 33 of ot and chill be your own ot why don't you go and check that out and then listen to our next episode to see what we thought